Today's episode of Inside the Wires is brought to you by Xenon Paddle. All Xenon Paddles have been designed and engineered by a paddle player right here in the USA. Take your game to the next level. Play with Xenon. For more information, visit xenonpaddle.com. Welcome to Inside the Wires. Hands down, the best podcast in all of racket sports. Listener discretion may be advised for a younger audience. All right, we're very happy to have on uh, a very well-received guest. Last time, one of our highest listened to shows, which was Graham McNerney. Uh, Graham's joining us from Pittsburgh, and just before the first turn of the year, going to talk about all things paddle and otherwise. So uh, here we go. Here's Graham. Welcome back to the show. We're uh, we're excited to have a, a return guest, one of the most popular guests on, uh, Graham McNerney, uh, who previously was in Chicago when he was on last time, and has now been uh, traded to Pittsburgh. And we'll we'll talk about that one too. But uh, Graham, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy to be back. Absolutely. So now, is it true that uh, that we traded you for for Andrew Ong because he's now here in Chicago from Pittsburgh and you've gone out there? Is that is that true? That's right. It was a good, you guys, I think got the better end of the deal in terms of he'll be a long-term good trade asset for you guys. He'll be there. Really? We're, we're going long-term with this one. He's great. Man. I mean, look, you guys saw the Chicago lot streaming last week already took down McKnight and Rose on his first week. So I think he should just move to the next city now. Like Chicago's <laughs> conquered, you know, now we should just go and pop around the leagues and beat all the best players. Are you working on the man bun like him too or no? Oh no, he's got me way. He's got me beat on the man bun. Okay, sure. good, good. Yeah. All right. I don't know. It's. Uh, I think you're hiding it behind the headphones there. But she looks oh like no, no his... man bun, no man. Good, bun. no, no, bun. no man should have any bun on his head. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I assume you can't grow hair, Ben. Is that what that was about? <laughs> yeah, the, the hair is rapidly, <laughs> rapidly declining. Maybe I had in my twenties. Yeah, uh, not anymore. Not anymore. So, so I, I know Andrew uh, jumped right into the Chicago paddle scene pre-official uh, league season and was playing a lot of summer paddle. Uh, what went on in the summer there in Pittsburgh? Was there a lot of paddle going on there? A ton of paddle. The good thing about Pittsburgh is where there's, there's not quite the depth of Chicago, but the top guys play a lot. They're all into where Chicago is tricky. As like Ben knows, it's like, you got your guys in Lake forest and then your guys in the North shore. And then you got your guys in the Western suburbs and some guys in the city. And it's tough to get all the guys together. Pittsburgh, everyone's 20 minutes away and they're all nuts about it. I guess they don't have any other hobbies like me. So it's very easy to send a text and get a game with the same four to six guys twice a week so lots and lots of paddle for sure really so uh, who's so, the who's so the call cruise a week in the summer uh corker yeah we play at least once a week in the summer with wow. the wagner karuna um uh, kaler philippe um wow. trying to think of the we see medbets there's a lot of really good guys i mean the top eight eight to ten guys in pittsburgh can go up with almost anybody excluding the you know new jersey connecticut maybe but a really good group of people that's awesome yeah. That's fantastic. Fantastic. So that now, uh, are you guys into your season already? Obviously in Chicago, we're what, uh, through week two, where, where did you guys start a season there yet? We start, oh, my cat's going to come say hello. Hello to Olivia. Yeah. Uh, we start on 
Tuesday. But it feels like, I mean, like, I feel like I'm mid-season already uh, because I played, let's see, I played Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I play tomorrow. And then I play Tuesday, Thursday, and then I have a tournament again. So, like, I'm trying to ramp up as quickly as possible. I like to start the season fast. So I feel mid-season ready to go already. All right. So I, so I have two questions. So one, uh, based on all of that, what is that, uh, what is that saying about the knee? Uh, the, the knee was a problem previously, right? Does that mean you're, you're good to go? Knee is, knee is definitely better. I found some good knee braces. I've been stretching. I took a couple months of like really light, uh, like not putting much pressure on it. So I've been able to start weightlifting and things like that. So not like a hundred percent by any means, but it's, uh, it's better for sure. Not on a downward trajectory anymore. If anything, stabilized with uh, hoping to get a little better. Knees over toes. I feel like uh, exactly. the CrossFit ah. guys. Do you do, do you do knees over toes? Yeah, no, I don't. I feel like my knee is so sensitive right now that I'm not there yet. But I know the knees over toe guys and the like. You know, adults lose all the flexibility and capability to do it. But one day, once the pain's gone, then I'll be a knees over toe. I'll tell you what, I'm a, I'm no a huge fan. By it. I'm a huge fan. I uh, I had uh, torn my meniscus in a few places a few years ago, head surgery, and uh, started coming back towards the end of last season and uh, started knees over toes, and within two weeks, completely pain free and fantastic. So I'm a, I'm a I'm a big advocate for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so when you're playing this this much like early on, Graham, do you try yeah. and taper off in like December January time when yeah. it's that? Do you and then ramp it up maybe a little bit before nationals? Yeah, exactly. So I, like most people, January and February, that's just cold. It's, it's uh-huh. it just sucks to get outside. We're like, it's similar to Chicago. Pittsburgh's 50 degrees and cloudy. It's perfect every day to play paddle. So yep. I like to ramp up quickly because for my, for me, if the season really split into two, it's up until charities and then Detroit and some other tournaments, which are still fun. And then it's, are you going to be ready for nationals? I try not to really burn myself out in those middle, that middle section, like the Midwesterns, Long Meadow, used to be Long Meadow, Long Island, Boston, like I'll play them, but I feel like in the beginning of the year, there's a huge gap because so many tennis pros and other guys aren't playing the whole summer because who wants to be on a court for another two hours after you already have been for eight. So I feel like if I could start fast and like win some tournaments or come in at a hundred percent, then I can have some really good results, which has worked in the past. So I get, I've got the first half down. I just got to repeat it in the second half, I guess is the next step. Hey, uh, not to jump around too much, but I, I wanted to go back to uh, to leagues in Pittsburgh. Like uh, yeah. here in Chicago, as you know, it's uh, at some of the higher levels. There's like free agency, I would say, and and mm. and so people are getting good matches, hopefully on a regular basis, because everyone can go wherever. You're not limited to just your club. Yeah. And out east, uh, we talked about. I think last week. Uh, basically the pros are playing with whatever the best team is. And so they might be playing on a series, you know, what we would call series four or series D or whatever they call it out there. And they're yeah. playing with, you know, someone like me where they're not getting a ball all match. Right. So yeah. what is it like in Pittsburgh? Are you getting, you talked about the matches you're getting this summer. Are you playing those same guys during league or not as much? It's in the middle. So what's really good about the Pittsburgh league is there's no really concentrated teams in terms of like teams just blowing anybody out. But because there's eight to 10 teams in division one, I think there might be nine this year. Um, there's not enough top guys to support. Like there's not 18 line one players. So we do, it is a little bit of AB. It's not like division four, like the Connecticut guys. It is usually a stronger guy, like a negative five PTI guy. And then like a five PTI guy. So the matches themselves are even, but in terms of like the practice level, in terms of preparing for a tournament, maybe more so of like a mixed event. Uh, than an NRT, but some weeks you get really good matches. So I find for me, like what I did last year is 
if there's a tournament and then a weaker match, I might play the tournament and then sit and then wait to play the good one and then play that. So it kind of balances out, but it's usually A, B, but not to the degree that the pros in Connecticut have to do. Right, right. Um, what else, Ben? You want to, you got something? No, I, I, something. I, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to, I mean, we, we, where was, oh, is the pro flight event? Was that where, uh, <laughs> where, where uh, Graham was showing the guns off? Where, I mean, we, we talked a little bit before we started, but is that, is that really the new look now is uh, obviously you, you, you've been working out, uh, you spent COVID working out an awful lot and uh, just want to show <laughs> the guns off a little bit. With the I, did, I didn't think I was going to get many chances at short Hills in Boston. So I figured the 85 degree beach day with the sun beating directly. In, by the way, the hottest I've ever been bar none, not a paddle court. Like it was literally, it was just survival after like 45 minutes. It's like, let's do our best. Hey, so I figured he, it'd be a good time to work on the tan. Yeah. He, he hasn't played the mud hole in Columbus. I, I have think. not. Very I intentionally, mean, I have not. The, the, the Saturday hole. after July 4th, it was like 100 degrees on a metal court there a couple of years ago. You <laughs> have to come in with Kayla one of these years. They, he loves they, that tournament. They try to sell me on it because the Pittsburgh guys like it. And then everyone mm-hmm. they're like, we should do it. This year it didn't work because of the travel for July 4th. Yeah. But every year they're like, no, Graham, it's not as hot as you think. I'm like, listen, hot is hot. Like, it is hot. Like, I'm yeah. not going. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah they're, they're 100% lying to you. It's like 125 degrees on the court. Yeah. Yeah. I've avoided it so far. At some point, Randy Lofgren will make me go or something is what I'm assuming. So I'm going to hold out until that point where I truly get bullied into it. There you go. Well, yes, uh, Adam and uh, Adam Morgan and Tyler Frazier could have used some competition. I think uh, I think they beat Brian Heil and uh, Brian's buddy and uh, – I. I didn't watch much of the match, but I, according to Brian, they won three points the whole match. So it's three points. Like, yeah, so, pretty good. like to, to me, that's weird. And you know, mud hole's not one of those where it's like let's let's like prep for nationals. Yeah. So like <laughs> the fact that Adam and Tyler played that together, like mm. like come on guys, break up. You can you can play with other people for a little bit. Like you know, yeah. maybe it was just a, a little tune up. Who knows? You never know. How much of a tune-up is that, though? Uh, probably, it's a fun little one-day. It's, let's, it's, it's kind know. of like practice with other people getting in the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, who uh, for those who didn't watch it, um, who'd you play the PFP with? Mr. Araya. Who you're playing Montclair with. Yeah, with a, we're playing Montclair together. Um, so, yeah, obviously I've made the cut so far. At some point he'll be like, this guy can't hit a ground stroke. I got to find somebody else. But until he realizes that, I think we're you know going to play some more. So it'll be fun. That should be some exciting live streaming for sure. There you go. How how is it pl- like? I really like Juan. Like he entertains mm. me, and but he'll even tell you that he's a pain in the ass on the court at times. Yeah, I like think how he, how is it playing with him? It's not as bad as you think. Like I think <laughs> I because I was really worried about that. In the My beginning. wife tells me that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I figured you'd tell your wife that. <laughs> uh, when, when playing with Juan, it's like. Cause I'd seen him play with Jeff and Max and Leonard and Alex and so many players and obviously do be successful with all of them. Yeah. So you really have to change your mentality. So the first time I played with him really was the Midwestern's event when we played together. And I really, normally I'm just like very aggressive or I'm on the front foot and I'm trying to do things and like win. And with one, I just kind of had to turn my brain off a little bit and just stick to my role and let all the noise just be noise. So like not, not only not trying to get down on myself, cause you'll see the eye roll or the, the eye roll or the shrug or something like that, just completely ignoring it, but also not getting too high because he's so up and down, right? Oh, like yeah. it's it, to his credit though, it is very much internal. Like he's very much mad at himself. There will mm-hmm. be like one eye roll or two he'll give you where you're like, all right, settle down. 
I, I get it. It's all good. But I think as long as you can just kind of roll with the punches, then it's, I mean, it's great. I've never sweated less winning a tournament in my entire life than playing Midwesterns with Juan. So if anyone out there has the option, but is holding off, I, I would highly recommend playing with Juan at every opportunity. And, and like, I, I think with Juan, I understand there's the eye roll and stuff, but I really don't think he means it in like a malicious no. way. Like he holds himself to that standard. And I think he's kind of like, you know, he's, He's frustrated. I don't think he's mad, right? That's kind of how I would yeah. interpret 90, it. Like I wouldn't be. No, yeah. you can't take it personal. 95% yeah. of the reactions are to himself. And the 5% yes. he gives to you, it's just kind of because he can't help himself. So <laughs> you just kind of roll with the punches and, you know, accept the good with the bad. But uh, so far it's been, I think we're two and two so far. So all good so far. No complaints. Yeah. And uh, do you, Noah, you want to talk? I don't want to jump around, but do you want to talk about Montclair real quick? Sure. Montclair is coming up this weekend. This weekend. Uh, you know, I will say that I uh, was out at an event last year, a couple of events last year at Montclair. Uh, one of them was they had their kind of season opening kickoff. And uh, oh, there we go. <laughs> so my, I think my power just came unplugged <laughs> and the laptop has been plugged in for five straight years. So it will die fast. So that's why I'm going to make sure it doesn't die. Sorry, I, did I tell you we're uh, we're putting this on YouTube now too? So this the the video is gonna gonna go out. It'll be great. I don't think we can hear you now, but that that chair get, looks get really looking, comfortable. Get a look yeah. at Graham's empty chair now. This would be this would be good video on YouTube. It's this a great chair. Good. If you can get Secret Lab as a sponsor, I'd recommend. I'd recommend. Yes, what is that chair? It looks so comfortable. It's a Secret Lab chair, so it's mainly for like gamers and stuff. But it's not like a prototypical like stereotypical gaming chair. It's actually just a really good chair. So. I was I remember, about to ask, are you, uh, you big yeah. into gaming because of the headset you're wearing? I was yeah, like, the headset's good too. Yeah, it's good for gaming as well. Yeah. What are we playing right now? There's not much. I have FIFA up on the other screen. The new boy. The new FIFA's out recently. So I've been you know, building my little Chelsea squad and uh, playing some Ultimate Team. So I see Ben approves of that. So, yeah. I, I don't know what FIFA no. stands for. Oh, it's federation. I don't know what that hey, is. Hey, we're going we're gonna to miss Listen. you this time with uh, watching the England games. That'll be said. I, I mean, I, I can only watch so many nil-nil draws or like one-one draws. Your England team could not be more boring, which hurts me to say because there's so many Chelsea players on it. But every time mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. You guys are brutal. No, they're boring. Isn't it's, that all a soccer? That's Gareth Southgate for you. <laughs> no, it's like, what's the difference between two-zero and one-one? It's, it's all the same boring. Thing. Listen, uh, yeah. I, I don't understand why someone would want to run that far and not be able to hit somebody as hard as they can when they get to the other end. It doesn't make any sense to me. But no, whatever. Commercials. <laughs> so, hey, talking real quick, I got to tell you, talk. I was going to tell Noah, I have a little pickleball story and then we'll get into to Montclair. Oh, another fun but, uh, So I was on I was on social media and I was I was watching some like pickleball video. And there's uh, there's my new. Do you watch any pickleball, Graham? As little as I can. So Only there's a guy when paint drawing that, videos aren't available. Exactly. What's that? Only when paint drawing videos aren't available. Well, there's this guy called Tyson McGuffin, who I really <laughs> like. He's really entertaining. He's kind of, I think I would probably say he's kind of like the one Araya of, of pickleball. He's like very animated and he's kind of fun to watch. What does that mean, one Araya? He's not the one Araya of pickleball. So no, one Araya is not the one Araya of pickleball. <laughs> okay, just making sure. <laughs> um, no, they're playing the um, the Johns brothers. I think it's oh, Ben Colin and, uh, and Ben yeah, Johns. Yes, ben that's Colin, right. Yeah. And um, Tyson Muff Goffin gets the shot. And hits this little quick little like slap forehand volley, right? And they're all at the net. 
and it hits uh, one of the John's brothers, I think Colin, in the face. And like, he he looks like he's been shot by someone. Like, he's like, oh, and then he like yeah. throws his hat on the ground and you can see his brother laughing. And Tyson McGuffin walks away and goes, I'm sorry, bro. And it's funny. And all these people are like, oh my God, that was such a bad shot. And I, I just chime in with, uh, come on, son. It's a pickleball. Let's, let's calm down with that. And dude, the hate that I got on social media with people going, you don't know how much it hurts until you've been hit by one of these. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) These people came after me. Uh, Apart from one of the top players who was like, I completely agree. Tell you what, get, get, get hit with a hockey puck someplace where you have no padding. Then you can talk about how much a wiffle ball hurts. People came, there must've been 20 of them came after me in the comment section. I'm like, come on, man. It's a pickleball. It it, it, it didn't hurt. Let's calm down. But anyway, I don't Montclair, let's talk about it. No, Montclair does a good job. I was out there last year. Uh, Mick had a season opening kickoff party with, uh, with the pro exhibition. Just unbelievable support there at Montclair from the members, and they really put on a good good show. And then uh, uh, they also had the the uh, I'm going to screw it up. The League Classic was out there. The uh, mm-hmm. the finals and the semifinals were out there as well. So I, I think that uh, for a tour event that's not a Grand Prix, that's going to be huge. They usually do a really really good job. So that should be fun. And then I already looked at the weather. Weather looked pretty solid for Saturday. Oh, is it good? Yeah, yeah, I think Friday afternoon, Saturday looks good. Sunday, well, this should be over by Sunday afternoon, but Sunday morning. I don't okay. plan on playing on Sunday. Graham, yeah. we can talk to Graham about Sunday. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Hopefully, yeah, I hopefully plan on okay watching probably Graham play on Sunday morning. Yeah. There you go. Okay. I hope so. That sounds good to me. I don't know if they're going to stream the quarter of pre, but if they do, you'll be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm hoping they stream the PTI 25. There you go. There you go. <laughs> You got a fighting chance. That'll be good. All right. So, um, so I have a question for you, Graham. So, uh, mm-hmm. I know that you're, uh, I think everyone knows that you're like, you're right in the paddle. You're, you're, you know, think about it a lot. And, uh, yeah. so I was wondering last weekend, I was up, uh, at the, at Owl's Nest in New Hampshire and yep. with, uh, Johan's camp at Johan and Stephen, but Stephen wasn't there. And so I went with some guys who, as I ask these questions, you'll see why I'm not going to name them because mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to embarrass them. But uh, you tell me uh, if the trip starts off now, granted, it's a 545 a.m. flight out of Midway Airport, which is far from pretty much everybody. Uh, but if you're going on the airplane, is it emasculating to wear a neck pillow when you're traveling or not? Listen, I have gone back and forth on this. A few times. I don't like wearing a neck pillow. And I'm glad about that because I don't want to want, I don't want to wear one. Cause I do, if I see like a, it, it's kind of two things. If I see like a dude wearing a neck pillow, I'm like, eh, but then sometimes I see like, they know something I don't because right. you wouldn't choose to look like that. If you, you had any other choice. No, not no. if you, not if you cared about, about your appearance. No. That's Ram's right. working need, out these days. He doesn't need a neck pillow to support anything. He's that's right. Lots of enough, shrubs. Strong enough in that area. Right. We're yeah, good. Traps to do that now. All right. Uh, so then the, uh, the the next question is, 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 is it a sign of a problem for paddle when you cancel spring break with your family to go play team nationals? No. no team nationals no. is a great event. It's like what the kind of the future of the APTA needs to keep building on those type of events. And okay. listen, I'm the guy, and I still remember this very specifically. I think when I was ninth, so maybe 20, sophomore year of college at University of Georgia, I played 
Nationals in Pittsburgh. And I still remember to this day because AJ Karana and Mike Wagner, I played them. And AJ like was like, wait, it's spring break. Like, what are you doing? Like, it actually like broke his brain. He's like, I couldn't possibly. It's like, no one would actually want to be in Pittsburgh here instead in the 32 backdrop. And I was there. So listen, I'm not going to hold any, any plans. No, nothing comes above paddle, team nationals, nationals. No, no, no. Number one priority. All right. So see, Jason, it's not that bad. Uh, okay. How about keeping, uh, speaking of Jason, how about keeping a paddle journal after every single match? Sign of a problem or no? No, sign of a well-adjusted human being who's trying to improve. I love it. How often right. do we like think of something and then, oh, I'm going to do that next time and immediately forget. So I think that's a great idea. All right. Jason's doing okay so far then. All right. Last, last question related to this uh, pregame meal. If you feel the need to have a beer before the match to, mm. you know, calm your nerves, is that, uh, that good? Yeah. Listen, I learned this in the league playoffs this year in Pittsburgh. I think the key is because my partner started having a beer and when he had the first beer, I was nervous, but then he kept having a beer. So as long as if you start, I think you just keep going. You don't like have one beer and then switch to water. Then, then it's like, who is this guy? He's, right. You know what I mean? Just have yeah. a beer and be the beer guy. But, you know, sip a beer, sip a water, and then keep it moving. But but is that is that calming? I mean, this was this one was specifically, <laughs> Mark, to calm the nerves. Uh, is that, uh, you know, it's one thing like mm. just to have a beer because you want a beer. But this is you really needed to calm the nerves. You, you think there's there's benefit there? I think you'd probably be better off with some edibles or CBD or something than, yeah. than a beer. But uh wow. Yeah, I don't know. We I'll might have to speak to the future that on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Does it work? <laughs> we'll talk off air. I'll give you a story about that. It doesn't work. Uh, um, but I will tell you, dude, Jirani, uh, not Jirani, uh, Drew Broderick at uh, Cabin Fever this year. He finished what? It was like a three-hour something semifinal. Oh, yeah. Came off yeah. drink. Like two Guinnesses within like 20 minutes. And then... Uh, Proceeded to like destroy. Was it Colmar Morgan? Was that who it was? It was like oh and oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like he had two Guinnesses. He knocked that out two yeah, in 20 his, minutes. And that was his uh, meal, I think, after after that long match. That was their meal. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So if so, Drew does it, how bad can it be? Yeah. Right. Right. And he's very serious. So uh <laughs> what are we th- hey, real quick, what are we thinking for Montclair? Tell me. What are you uh what are your plans? Yeah, I'm excited. First of all, the draw is amazing. I think there's only like one right. or two people. I know obviously Parsons isn't going and Compton won't be there. And then I haven't seen Hughes Powers sign up yet. I don't know what, I know they're usually a little bit slower to get started, but besides mm-hmm. that, pretty much everybody signed up, signed up. So to have like a mini nationals first tournament of the year is uh, pretty exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. It's crazy. It's what a 32 draw. I think so. 32. Is that draw. where it's at? Uh, That's uh, yeah. um, you guys, I think the last time I looked, you and Juan were third, third ranked. Is that third seed. right? Yeah, yeah, right after Mick and Sven, and then yeah, I think so. Third. And then Johan and Steven. Johan and Steven. Yep. Jeez, that's crazy. First yes. one of the year, it's coming that's, in hot. That's pretty good for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, you know, Tyler and I might be in the last chance fairly quickly. I don't know. We'll <laughs> oh, you got Fraser for Montclair. What's that? He got the, he got the other Tyler. <laughs> I hope that Tyler doesn't listen. <laughs> the wrong Tyler. And the, I always tell people that uh, the wrong Parsons taught me how to play paddle too. <laughs> I was taught by Nate Parsons, not, Nate. Uh, not, not Mark. So yeah, that, that, was, that might be my issue. So I blame him. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's get you out of here on a Sunday. Let's go through some, uh, some quick questions. Is that all right with you? And you Absolutely. can, 
truly plead the fifth on any of them. Okay. Favorite holiday destination. Favorite holiday, Cayman Islands. I've been a couple of times, my number one go-to spot. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Least favorite opponent. Least, well, this isn't easy because I last year I got Johan and Steven at the earliest possible time, four tournaments in a row, like <laughs> De- Detroit, Boston, Short Hills, Nationals, and lost all four. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not the only one going to say Johan, but pretty confidently at this moment in time, very much Johan and Steven. Have you got, have you got any wins over uh, Johan? One with uh, with Mick, but I mean, it was it was a fresher Steven than he is currently. So, but uh, I do have a win over Yola. Real quick, you and you and Mick playing together. Who's uh, is Mick playing the deuce? You're in the ad. We switched, so I would return on the ad, but then we would put him on the ad. So basically, Johan just had to dump middle of the whole match instead of going into Mick's forehand, and they got really frustrated. It was a very slow, grindy match. So yeah, Mick in the ad on that one. He didn't drop. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, Thomas and Drew you. No, I no only like probably like once or twice, but Mick, I mean, Mick, we're both so long. I mean, that's a pretty big difference between Drew and I, Drew, Tomas, and Mick and myself. So if you don't hit us, like we're going to get it and we're going to be able right? to do something with it. So I don't know. Not that one. Not that. Okay. Different. Fair enough. And I think I know the answer to this. Well, I have an answer to this question for you, but I, I'll ask anyway. Best shot you've ever hit. Best shot I've ever hit. Um, probably the cut winner on set point against Mick and Sven at Charities Finals. That, that was, back end. That was pretty big. Yeah. And I was, I had like a badly sprained ankle too. And that match, yep. I sprained it like the second game. And it was like on that moment, I don't hit it as often as like Juan does. So I'm not, I was a little tight and just boom, way up, way back. That was the best I've ever felt hitting a paddle shot for sure. That shot was amazing. I often, even in practice, I'll be like, I should try that. And I got, nope, <laughs> nope. Shouldn't do it. Can't do it. Uh, that ball's going to end up in like the parking lot, like, you know, yeah. a mile away. Uh, that shot was amazing. Yeah, That's I what I, I, I thought you would go to. I wouldn't recommend it for what, for whatever reason, I love hitting that shot. Like it's one of the shots you just don't like, you know, when you have, everyone has like a shot that they're really good at that shot. I just don't think about it. I'd like, I know it's going to land three inches over the net and come back. And I don't know why. Wow. Like I, it doesn't make sense. Well, confidence is a big part of it, right? I mean, if you, yeah. if you know, it's going to work, you just do it. Right. You don't think exactly. about it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that shot, that shot's awesome. Um, all right. One player to FYM. Who are you doing it to? Wow. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to need a second here. Cause I don't want to plead the fifth immediately. Right. That is an important thing. I have to think about one player to FYM. We can, we can call it a waterfall in your case, if you like. <laughs> a waterfall. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of who, if there's any, like, do I owe anybody in terms of FYM? I mean, the one person you don't FYM is Johan or his partner. Cause that just makes uh, him more angry. Uh-huh. So, then, so then you get FYM, but the one person that I can't even think of like a good answer not that i'm like worried about offending anybody i just can't you you, you can always default to me or noah that would be okay too <laughs> no that would be mean right that would not be friendly that's no nice. i do i do remember it's like a slight tangent the worst fym i've ever hit like oh let's I, do that yeah i was playing patterson it was like first round like six years ago with guga and we were playing Zach Rose now and another guy. And Zach's like a really nice Connecticut young player. Like we were chat- chatting about paddle. Yeah. And we were up. I mean, this was really bad because this was like, but this was before I was good and had confidence. So I was just flying by the seat of my pants every match. I think I FYM'd him and he'll know this better than I do. Like at six, two, five, one, like 30. <laughs> oh, so a critical point in the match, obviously. An absolutely disgusting point in the match. And I think it bounced into his head, like the side or his shoulder. I've never felt worse in my entire life than that moment. So 
to flip the answer, I would let Zach Rose now FYM me like a, like a butts up, you know, at any point he would like to, because I owe him so bad. But I still think nobody lay awake at night thinking of a moment. That's my paddle moment that I lay awake. What an asshole. Oh my God. That's awesome. All right. Uh, favorite TV show. Right. Well, that's an easy one. I'm rewatching the wire right now, which is the best Ooh. show ever made by like so far. Like I love the wire more than anything. So I lived in Baltimore when that was on and I couldn't watch it. It was a little close to home. A little too real. You were like looking <laughs> yeah. on the street corners. Like I go, I know that. I know that. I know that corner. Can't watch that. Is that right? Oh, I love The Wire. I will say that we just finished the bonus answer. We just finished True Detective season one, which is the best season yes. of television of all time. Um, so we just finished that in The Wire. So I'm in like my winter, like uh, junk food TV binge where I binge all my favorite shows. So right in the middle of Oh, you're not in junk food these days. Come on. No, no, no. The TV equivalent of like, okay. oh, what do I need to feel good right now? I need to watch okay. my favorite show on a television for three hours and turn my brain off. I thought you were going to go Ted Lasso. I love Ted Lasso. No, Ted Lasso is great. And it's funny. They've got like items in the FIFA game and stuff from Ted Lasso. And I was talking yesterday about the Ted Lasso, the dart scene in Ted Lasso. When he's talking about be curious, not oh, judgmental. Yeah. <laughs> and he like wins the dart, which is funny because I'm like the most judgmental asshole in the world. I try to hide it, but I'm very judgmental. So I try to remind myself, be curious, not judgmental. Never works, but it's a great scene. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> all right. Best hut. Best hut. Yeah. Okay. Best hut. Um, I f so I might be a little different than most, but viewing is the most important thing in a hut for me. Like, for instance, an amazing hut is the Glenview hut that I despise because the windows are tiny and everyone ends up like you got the one person on the stool and then the three people behind them. You know, everyone knows who's been in the Glenview hut, how bad it is for viewing. But in like a casual weekend match, I love the Glenview, love the Glenview. Hut. So I think that's the number one most, most important thing for me is viewing. Um, I mean, like Exmoor is amazing, but the viewing's only on two courts. Mm -hmm. Trying to think of the best, really good ones that I liked, especially in Chicago, were Westmoreland and Skokie. Skokie's great because you got four courts right there and you can yep. see all four from the front window. And yep. Westmoreland's insane because you're surrounded by courts and there's big open windows and space. So I think those are, while without thinking about it too much, great viewing huts. So that's big, big fans. Of them. How about out in, uh, how, how about in Pittsburgh? Not to the Chicago degree. Um, I'm trying to think of there. We just got our public court huts done, which we're all very excited about. Oh, but cool. even, even then at Lebo, there's only two courts that are going to be able to see, you can see from the hut. So it's like, oh, this is good, but damn. And then some of the other huts are all right. So not, not to, I mean, Chicago's in a world of its own. I know some of the Connecticut huts are insane. A couple in the New Jersey one, I remember Weeburn was nuts, Country Club Darien, but it's Chicago yeah. huts like from hut to hut is unmatched. It's ridiculous yeah. what they do. Yeah. Have, you, have you been in Chicago since, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm going to bring this up every episode now, Knollwood. They got fantastic Oh, deal. yeah. No, because you got the whole restaurant, but it's all along all four courts. So that's another, yes. gr another great shot. And they have like little outdoor patio type area. So Knollwood's mm -hmm. another, another great one for you. No, Birchwood yeah. do too. Though. Bir Birchwood, I mean, it's, it's different, but it's similar. Like how it goes along all four courts as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Adding two uh, more courts, by the way. Two more courts. There you go. I think next year, it sounds like. Yeah, they're they're right. putting courts back where they were previously. Gotcha. So okay. The way the court the way the courts are going, that's going to be twenty twenty four. That's right. Three hundred thousand dollars in twenty twenty four. God. Uh, yeah, we need more. We need more building companies. Uh, post tournament drink. What are we? Uh, what are we celebrating with? Mm, this is a lame answer. It's going to be like a Coke and a Five Guys burger is like my go-to. I mean, Kaylor and I, after tournaments, would always be like, all right, what's the most disgusting food we can eat? And it always end up like out of Five Guys before you go to the airport. 
Um, so I'm not a big like drinker. So it'll be like some sugary junk drink and a cheeseburger. All right. All right. That's fair. I'll give you that. Uh, best tournament. Best tournament. Like your favorite, your favorite one to go to, not like your best result or any of that. Like favorite, you know, best tournament that you enjoy. Yeah, playing. I'll throw you an answer and no one else will throw you. My favorite tournament, just for because not many people have been to it, will be the Winston-Salem oh. Southern tournament. So not yeah, so it's a little bit of a strange one. I can't even That's remember close. the Southern Invitational. Southern yeah, Invitational. It's a great yeah. tournament. I thought you were going tournament. with Atlanta there. I was going to say Atlanta, but that's like that party is like a little too fancy. It's a little too upper class for me, the Atlanta tournament. Yeah. For Winston yeah. Salem's just everybody sitting around at a fire, mm -hmm. drinking and eating together. And then you go back to the tournament organizer's house for dinner. And everyone Jimbo's. Just, Jimbo Jimbo's. Galloway. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone potlucks the food. And it's just a very, like, there's moonshine going around and like, <laughs> an hour in and you're like, wow, this escalated quickly. So I just like, I like the casual vibe of the Southern Invitational. So highly recommend if you're not qualifying, if you're not getting off the Boston or Short Hills wait list, maybe go to Winston-Salem for the Southern Invitational instead. That is a, that's a, that's, that's a, a great call. tournament. I, yeah. I tell you the only thing I don't like about that tournament, there's a few courts that are North to South. Yeah. So <laughs> later that's in the morning, true. you're just blinded one end. One end of the courts. You know, I so, thought you were going to say too that in the final, there's a there's a fire pit right next to the primary viewing court. Yeah. Yes. And for the finals, if the wind's blowing poorly, you're just <laughs> covered in smoke. Yeah. But at the same time, like you don't like. I feel like the primary purpose of the tournament <clears throat> is for those people anyway. So I'm not going to say anything. You know, just deal with the smoke and move on. There you go. Yeah. So uh, so so speaking of that, we we have a couple of guys here in Chicago that have kids at, at Wake Forest. So like, that's an easy two for they, oh. they go to Winston-Salem to play in the tournament. They see their kids and uh, you know, that's easy. So if anywhere around the country plays and looking for a good tournament to go to, and they've got mm -hmm. kids at, at Wake, there you go. There's your excuse. Yep. Uh, all right, Graham. I know. Well, wait, uh, you're not married yet, right? You're still I am married. I was going to say I am married as of two months ago. Hey, uh, Mazel tov. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. What drives her nuts about you at home? What drive her nuts? Well, the lame answer is like, I don't do chores enough. So that's, that's, uh, I can tell you the recent one that's been driving her nuts about me. Let's do it. I'm learning Dutch for some reason. We're going to the Netherlands. We're going to Amsterdam over the holidays. I've been like Duolingo and listening to Dutch courses just for, you know, just as a hobby and it's fun to do. And she's doing a little bit as well, but I like speak in Dutch, like sometimes or I'll repeat back to her what she says. And she's like, really stressed from having a long day at work. And she's like, please just fucking speak English to me. I don't want to do this right now, but I just insist on speaking Dutch. So right now it's that over the long haul of our relationship. It's my inability to recognize that the sink is full and I could probably do it. It's not going to do itself. Hey, I don't want to offend anyone that listens, but I got to tell you, I think German and Dutch might be the two ugliest languages. Yeah. Like there's, it's, a, there's it's a lot of like, and no duck like yeah definitely a lot of phlegm activity a lot of throat activity that i'm not i'm not used to yeah. all right you're gonna uh you're gonna go to any like eindhoven or ix games while you're there no so i we're going actually to a chelsea game so we're calling it our honeymoon over the holidays so we're doing amsterdam for a week and around the netherlands and okay. then we're going to uh london for a week too so we're doing the boxing day game against bournemouth um and then we'll be there for five days so, yeah. i love that you called it boxing day it's the best day of the season to go to a football game I'm excited. So maybe you can help me. I was trying to explain today like, or yesterday. They're like, are you going to a game? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to the game on Boxing Day. And then they're like, why is it called Boxing Day? And I, I presume no it has just to do with boxes. From I, I, from I, Christmas, you know right? what? I, if, if everyone's always just called it Boxing Day. I've never looked up. I always just assumed there were fights the day after. We're a big boxing. Oh, I'm the opposite. I thought they were like 
boxes from all the presents, but I'm literally, I'm making it up. No, you know no I mean? nobody really knows. I've looked it up before and there's no really one really no knows. Answer. Yeah. Like, nobody's definitive on it. They have I don't think we've, I know, no one I know has ever questioned. It's just boxing day. That's what yeah. we call it. Um, I just, I always, I don't know. In my head, I always assume we're a big boxing and, and fight Island. So we, I don't know. I always assume there were big fights or something the day after Christmas, but no idea. Okay. Sorry. But yeah, boxing, Boxing Day football games are like the Very best. Excited. Oh, dude, it's awesome. You're going to have a great time. And uh, outside of Tottenham, Bournemouth's my second favorite team. I love that Bournemouth. Is that team. right? You yeah. think they're going to stay up this year? No, they'll go no, down. Me neither. They're going right down. I was hoping I didn't have to break the news to you on this podcast. That would be very rude. <laughs> no, I, I always liked them because they were never in the Premier League. They were like my third division team that I always oh. liked when I was like eight or nine. And we'd go on like vacations and stuff down in Bournemouth. So mm, I don't like them. They're a Chelsea bogey team over the past like 10 years. They like, oh, okay. They've gotten like random good results against us. And they've got the name like the Cherries. And I'm like, oh, get this team off. my. Like, I don't want to watch this team anymore. But I'm hoping that this year's Boxing Day goes a little bit better. All right. Well, Noah, Noah just tuned out. So maybe we should stop talking football. <laughs> okay, they add zero value to that conversation. All right. Now, now you're in, now you're in Pittsburgh, uh, but you were, yep. you were a Chicago guy for a, quite a while there. Mm-hmm. Best team that you've ever been a part of. And it doesn't have to be like skill wise. It could be the, the apre paddle, but mm-hmm. uh, best team you've ever been a part of. I will say, and this is something that haunts me like right now. I'm sad. I was never there for like the heyday of series one. Because even I, like from Atlanta, would like look back and like, no, they tell like, you know, here is the whatever the pre Midtown team and you have the Onwensia team and then you'd have like the Salt Creek team. And you have all these amazing teams. It's like mm-hmm. Vancia, Uline, Smith, Durant, everyone. But I'm really sad to say that I don't think I ever had a team of the that true caliber of like what old Chicago Series 1 truly was. Like we had some really good teams at Glen Ellen and I got to play yep. on some good teams at Sunset Ridge too that were like, always a blast. Um, but I would say, sadly, I never got a true Chicago series one. It, it was, it would always, it was already on the way down by when I came in. So I, when, when did you come in? I want to say like 20, oh, 2017. Okay. 20, yeah. yeah. Cause I was on, I was on the back end of that, like midtown team. Like we had, you know, Girani, Mansinger, Gambino, Strzok, Berka, yeah. uh, like that team. And I was, I always think I was kind of lucky to be like, well, st- you know, I was lucky mm-hmm. to be the back end of that team, you know, the dice games and, oh yeah. And all, all that stuff. But uh, that was, you know, that's the good thing about Chicago. I thought that was, I was part of one of the, you know, true Chicago paddle teams. Yeah. I wish I was on the Unwensia team when Uline used to bring out the barbecue and the chef. smoker and everything. Yeah. The chef. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm. The food was a little different, the couple series ones I played, than that one. Don't get me wrong. The Glen Ellen burrito guy was amazing. Love the Glen Ellen burrito. He was amazing. But were you ever there for Uline Chef? No, never. Dude, it was like glazed sea bass. And uh, you're like, you know, you get off court and there's times it's nine, nine, whatever at night. You're like, fuck, I just want a piece of pizza. I'm done. And then people are like, no, 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 no. You wait. (laughs) Just wait. It's worth it. And you're like, yeah. you know, like freaking ribeyes coming out and, you know, oh, so good. All right. Uh, where am I? Let's, all right. You have any, oh, any pre-match rituals? Pre-match rituals. You've always got uh, the headset on. Always got, yeah. I'm always like listening to random music or just trying to distract myself. 
Because usually okay. I'm just getting too an- anxious to play. And I'm like, I tend to overthink things. The opposite of a lot of people, I think, <laughs> who play battle. But I tend to over, oh, if this happens, I'll do this and this and this. This has to go right. This has to go wrong. So I try to turn on music and turn my brain off. What do you listen to? Um, I'm trying to think before before matches, I would probably listen to some like, not maybe like lo-fi or some calm. My my wife calls it sad girl music. I love like, I don't know, some people in this, but like Phoebe Bridgers or indie, like indie rock where like female vocalists, like melancholy. I have a whole playlist of just melancholy music. Oh, it's, it's usually melancholy or really angry. I'm that's, usually one of the two. There's nothing in the middle for that, me. That, that's the pick you up before the match, huh? It's more to just calm me down, to just zone me out. Like, I don't want, I don't need any more. I don't need to listen to my favorite, like Tool or my punk band. I don't need to listen to those because I'm already amped up enough. I just need to relax and chill. When I was, when I was in college, I lived with the hockey team and then the, the starting running back on the football team at Bowling mm-hmm. Green. And he used, to, he used to listen to boys to men to get pumped up for a game. And then in the evening, you'd come home and DMX was cranking from his room and you'd go in and he's fast asleep. <laughs> I don't see how people do that. It, it, was, it was always so weird. But uh, yeah. uh, favorite commentator? Uh, I think Innes is the best commentator by a, good, right? by a good margin. And I no offense to my boy Mark Fischel on this one, but Innes is like, he's got, he hasn't done it as much. So he's still fresh and his insights are a little bit new and he just seems very casual. For me, the, the best commentators are the ones that you can just feel like they're having a conversation with you. They're not yeah. too much comment. Like I feel Fischel and Jerry and Brad, they're very much commentating the match you know what I mean but I like the more the Innis or the Bostrom when he goes on just the ability to just oh. provide a little bit of high level insight while keeping it casual that's more yep fun. yeah I like when they had um they'd have like Max come on yep absolutely George George I mean George was I you know I, was, I wasn't George sure was if we were gonna go there but I, I yeah. love George Wilkinson when George was on yeah. yeah we'd be doing a disservice not to mention him because he was a blast he, yeah he i remember a couple nationals or the long island i remember listening to him and he was just always so much fun yeah that yeah he was he was fantastic all right yeah. so favorite partner favorite partner oh mm-hmm. you can't ask me that i have like a thousand <laughs> this is like going to be the cop-out answer where i say my dad is my favorite partner or actually oh, i will i'll think of weird ones here so favorite partners um what okay. about the time you and i played in chicago before you left was that <laughs> that, that was a peak that for me, me? I've definitely not reached that level that high again. I I will say, though, this is going to make some Chicago people mad. Um, But the only partner I think I'm undefeated with is Jay Woldenberg in Chicago, who is like, (laughs) this is this is. Yep. See how Noah put his hand. If you don't know Jay Woldenberg is, that's okay. Honest man in paddle. And this is going to this is going to be very bad for his teammates that I'm name dropping him on this podcast. I apologize to Ong and Mansinger and everyone else. But Jay Woldenberg and I like had a, like a, a bunch of good wins in Chicago and practice matches and never lost hey. a single set. Ultimate paddle competitor. Hey, hey ask, ask Ben who he played with this week in league play as his partner. No, no, no. Week before. Oh, sorry. Week yeah. Before. I, I figured on my team, I knew he was floating around because, you know, series one's kind of. I've heard. I was like, well, I just saw Jay wasn't playing series three. I was like, fuck, I'd rather have him on my team than play against him. So I'm like, I called him up. Jay. We need Smart. you. Come. You don't uh, want to so play against Jay. That's way better to have him on your team. Sure. Yeah. Jay, Jay, Jay played with uh, Modic this week. Okay. So he went from you and Ong and Modic, just three amazing players. Like, Dude, well, yeah. I appreciate you saying that. But <laughs> uh, so there, there, our opponents came. It was uh, like Dan Rosenberg. Dan's like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. who's your court one tonight? I go, you, uh, you, you got Jay Waldenberg. He's like, <laughs> 
are you serious? He goes, who's he playing with? I go, Maddox Javinsky. He's like, fuck, what? <laughs> I, I actually think that's better though, if I'm Dan, because I think Jay's really grating if you're like around his level and he's like very difficult. But if he's playing with Maddox, it's like, oh, you lost to Maddox. You didn't lose to Jay. You don't want to lose to Jay. Losing well, yeah. is fine. So I was like, Dan, you got to you know, pick your poison. Do you want to be out there for nine hours or you want Maddox to punch you in the face? Which, <laughs> which, which, you know, which one are you going to go with? Take your medicine, get punched in the face and go enjoy the food. They were out there for about 18 minutes. I bet they were. Yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> so bad. So Jay Waldenberg is just a legend. I think he's amazing. And I tell you, we did about an hour of question time about Burning Man when he came off the court. Yeah. No, I've heard he was, he always, that's his like thing, right? Burning Man every that's year. crazy. He, yeah. I think- he, I know he like he's a very odd grading person sometimes, but every good story in paddle in Chicago, at some point you're going to hear a Jay Woldenberg rep mm-hmm. in, a, in a positive light, a negative light. But he just it makes it hilarious. It's just a total wild card getting thrown into these scenarios. So that's I that'll be true. my answer for this go round. Jay Wolden. And one of your partners, uh, you know, Mr. Compton, I have never seen <laughs> anyone take such joy in hitting someone as when he hits oh, Jay. The JPEG. Oh. The JPEG. Oh, as it's appropriately <laughs> named. Nice. Yeah, nice. no, Compton's a prime example of when he plays against Jay and he hits him, loves it, plays with Jay. If you go up 2-0, the set's over. <laughs> they're done. They're, they're completely falling apart. So, uh, yeah, Compton, a very different answer than DV. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Jay Waldenberg is very, I love that. Uh, favorite city in the world, anywhere? Chicago. Attaboy. I love Chicago. Living in, in the city, like, there's nothing better. It's, it's great. You did live in a good location. Oh, yeah. In the city. I mean, there's like the summer's incredible. Even like Pittsburgh, the summer's just been too hot. I mean, global warming, obviously, it sucks at a lot of places, but it's just so much hot and hu- so hot and humid. Nothing better. Bike ride on the beach in the yeah. summer, playing volleyball on Lakeshore. And then you get paddle paddle weather nine months of the year. It's like, how do you beat that? All right. Well, you're welcome back. Anytime. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, as long as we're doing that, can we ask the follow up question, which is uh, where we're next? Right. Because Pittsburgh mm. is uh, is is temporary some somewhat right for school. Yeah. Everywhere is temporary, no, but yeah, so it's, <laughs> <laughs> she's in her second year of graduate school right now, and then we'll have to see where she gets a job. She, she loves Chicago as much as I do, so it's definitely, uh, definitely on the card, but we do really like, we do really like our time in Pittsburgh, so we'll see. Or maybe the Dutch kicks in, and I'll be in Amsterdam, who knows? Maybe he could be in Amsterdam. <laughs> no. There you go. Uh, best player ever. Best player ever. Uh, I'm not going to think very hard. It's Johan. Just like you could do the generational argument if you want to. Like, you know, when I listen to a lot of Rosillo and Simmons where it's, well, is it Russell in this era or is it, yeah. you know, Kareem, et cetera? No, but it's like, as far as best player ever, it's, it's Johan. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a fair answer. And yeah. Uh, current paddle on and the favorite paddle you've ever played with. What are Ooh. we, what are we going with? What are you no, using right now? It's just out of shot. And I actually would grab it, but my, my cat, I swear, is she's sleeping on my bag right now. It's the new, uh, it's the new Masters M Pro, which I really like a lot. It's, is that the uh, red one? Red and black one. Yeah, okay. it's, it's really good. It's like a little stiffer and firmer. I like really like firm, solid paddles. The thing I cannot stand more than anything in the world is if a ball hits off center on a volley and it doesn't go over the net. I'm like, my brain like explodes if a paddle has a small sweet spot. Some of like the old Wilson paddles had like these tiny sweet spots. And I'd be like, how do you people do this? So I think right now, uh, M pro and I love it. I will tell you, like, I just got my wife like this, the big, no, I, I'm sure you've seen them. The big paddles now, the hundred square oh, inch, yeah, like yeah. the L twos yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think it's crazy that like, I think that could be a thing where people could start making paddles bigger, like 
who knows? Because I think it's great for someone her level, like having a bigger sweet spot. Let's not not? talk about things being bigger on this show currently. The the circumference (laughs) of the head. The circumference of the head. There's no rules on that. So that's what I was exactly. Is that is that like the Green Prince tennis racket when that first came out? The 109, whatever, the giant one. Oh yeah, that thing was huge compared to everything else in the market when that first came out. Yeah, so that's uh, a good and, idea. And what weight of paddle do you play with? Do you put lead tape or any of that jazz on it's, there? What I do you put go with? A little with? bit of like the vibration, the white strips, which add like a tiny bit. I don't know. I this is like you know not an I'm not OCD, but an OCD thing. The edge, it's great if you want to put weight on it easily, but you know you could always just get lead tape and put lead tape on it. But yeah. I don't like the master's paddles having a gap on the sides. It feels like it would make it structurally less stable. So I have to fill it in with the white tape <laughs> so that so that my paddle is whole. So it adds like two grams of weight. But if I, a lot of people like I know like adding weight to the paddle, especially like pickleball, I've seen people add a ton of weight. Yes. So I add like a tiny amount of weight, but it's ultimately pretty negligible. Are you like with everything in paddle, you're super specific and you know, like shot. I feel like I watch you play and you know, shots people are going to hit before they've hit it. Yeah. It's because that's Um, again, the the neurotic side of me where I'm always thinking about paddle all the time. So So, are are you, are you neurotic with your paddle? Like the grip's got to be a perfect size and the weight and like, are are you that way with the equipment? Not too neurotic. I do know some people who are like, really, I'm Mm -hmm. as long as I have two similar enough paddles, that don't feel different when I go from one to the other, then I think I'm good. The one thing that I really struggle with is I'm very sweaty. Um, and if I get like my grip gets slick at all, then I like lose the ability to hit cut overheads. I don't know, like mentally, I like can't swing at the ball. So no, I, I do, I do go through like a hundred grips, 50 grips, a hundred grips a season. So that I definitely do a lot of. All right. Uh, where are we at? Uh, oh, you Super said about right. the dishes in the sink. Can you cook? Do you I, cook? poorly very yeah, poorly. terrible no i okay. eat out a lot i recently discovered too slight sidebar that i don't do well with gluten i was having like energy issues and i cut out gluten from my diet and i felt way better really? but i'm also miserable because i can't just make a sandwich so i i like go buy go get rice bowls like twice a day now like i'm i'm pretty lost in the wilderness here since i don't cook a lot and everything's got gluten in it so no i don't cook and it's really coming back to bite me and my bank account on a daily basis it adds up quick, doesn't it? Um, it's it's. I don't actually want to do the math. Like today, I was like, oh, I spent fifteen dollars times two times. Okay, never mind. Stop. And then I, I have to stop because it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I got I got this question. I probably could. Uh, you know, paddle. Would you on a weekend? Would you rather paddle tournament hmm. or I was thinking either paddle tournament. Watch, watch, <laughs> watch, watch soccer all weekend, video games, or a paddle hmm. tournament. Which are we going with? It's clearly a paddle tournament. Okay, I will say enough. there's nothing better in the entire world. Like, so I was just thinking about this today. October is the best month of the year because it's like paddle season's coming. It's 50 degrees. You got some tournaments. So paddle, paddle tournament over everything. But everything. I will say my number one, my number one favorite, like perfect weekend, if there's no tournament, is like playing a morning match at like 9 a.m., recording all of my soccer games, and then coming back, going through all my soccer games, and then football's on when I finish. It's like... The perfect day of just being a vegetable, but I exercised in the beginning, so I'm good to go. I got. I got to tell you, no, I felt like the biggest dick the other week. I'm on a. There's a. There's a couple of us, right? You, me, Ben, Ben McKnight, mm-hmm. Mark Cunnington. I think Marshall Chapin's on there. And we were. T- I didn't realize Graham 
reports oh. the games and watch them later and we're talking about the results. <laughs> he goes, can you guys remove me from this text chain, please? I don't need to be part of this anymore. Like, oh man, I feel like an asshole. I feel like I ruined it Saturday. Oh, you were fine. I don't think it was a Chelsea game. So there's no personal grudge being held. It's okay, I think it was a Tottenham game we were probably exactly. talking about. Yep. Probably Tottenham losing of some sort. Um, all right, favorite superhero? Favorite superhero? Thor is the correct answer, but you go, you go ahead. Well, yeah. with my hair, I'm kind of aiming for All right, it. that's where yeah. we're going. I've been told I look very similar to Chris Hemsworth. Very similar. Um, oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Favorite, favorite superhero? Hmm. I don't have like one, like as a kid, you know, where it's like, oh, I was a Spider-Man kid or a Batman or a Superman. Yep. That was never me. I will say the latest superhero thing I've watched is The Boys. So like anti-heroes, not oh, so good. Love The Boys. So, so good. Right now, a terrible answer. <laughs> like, Don't judge me off of this, but Homelander might be my answer yes. right now. Because of how incredible the character is. Don't don't read too much into that if you know how terrible and genocidal of a character that is. But that might be the best. That might be the best answer. He's amazing. Anthony Starr yeah. and, the, and that's Homelander is unreal. If you haven't seen the boys, don't let your children watch it, but no. recommend you watching it. <laughs> I hate it when people say Batman. I'm like, he's just a rich dude. Come on he's now. He's just rich. That's, he's just yeah. Elon Musk, who Elon Musk wants to be. Like, oh, yeah. the kid's in a cave. I'll go save those kids. We'll build a Hyperloop. Like, <laughs> it's like, you're not Batman. Settle down, man. It's all good. Uh, who's one player, past or present, uh, that you haven't played with that you would have wanted to have been on the same side of the net as? Hmm. One player, past or present, have not played with. Hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to, because since I'm such a nerd, I'm trying to think of who my game matches up the best with. So it's not uh, even yeah, like see, a, This might be a long answer. Graham's going to be thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Come on. I think the best in terms of like, if I could take my, I think the best paddle player in terms of like what everyone should aspire to be is Gambino. So like I played casual matches with Gambino, but if I could go back like 10 years in time and like start to be a little bit older and play like tournaments with Gambino, I think that from like a paddle, he's like the perfect partner. It's like, Hey, are you just going to rip forehands, lob backhands, never miss a volley and hit smart overheads? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. You do that. I'll do whatever. I will be good to go. So I think Gambino would be the one in his heyday, him and I playing tournaments. That'd be an easy, easy answer. Plus he would be fun to go out to dinner with in the evening. <laughs> Maybe a little bit too much fun. To it might be a little bit, right? He's, you, Noah, as Graham was answering that, I think we got to have him back on one day just to build the perfect paddle player, past and present, like forehand, backhand, volleys, overheads, cut, you know, all that. Let's build the perfect paddle player. Sure. Yeah, well, Mino's uh, we'll forehand's going to be up there for sure. Oh, dude, his volleys from right around the service line. I'm, I don't think he ever missed one. From the, I don't know how he played that, that eye formation that him and Drew used to do when he was at the service line and he just chipped volleys the whole day. Mm-hmm. It's like, only him and like Jared are really just never missed that volley. It's really, really insane. And I think he used, he never updated his paddles or anything. I think he no, used the same like old paddle. Yeah, it was about that big for like <laughs> yeah. 15 years. It was unbelievable. That blue old Viking paddle. I remember yeah. like winning nationals. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he, I think he's destroying people at pickleball these days out in I California. Bet he, I bet he would. Yeah. Uh, where are we at? Super. Uh, all right. If you weren't doing your job, that you have now, which we, we won't get into. What else would you have wanted to do? I wasn't doing my job now. Yeah, yep. so I just do some boring computer finance job now. So I'm trying to think of something I would like to do more than that. Um, let's see, I actually, easy answer. Uh, it was just camp season, as you guys know. 
I would like to just be a rotating camp guy for a year. Just like all I do is I go teach paddle camps because they pay very well. I know it mm-hmm. um, doesn't surprise anybody going to a paddle camp because I know you guys are paying a lot of money, but the pros are paying the pros well and just do paddle camps as a part-time job, not work full-time. Oh yeah, I'll be in at the Owl's Nest and then I'll be in Nantucket. And then you know what? Yeah. Maybe we'll do one at the Villages and then I'll do like, I'll just bounce around destination, tell your ride paddle camps. For a year round, and then I'm done working. That's what that's what Charlotte Secor is doing now. Good for her. That's like yeah. the, she's they're winning. They're winning in yeah. life if that's your job. Really? Yeah. That's all she's doing? Yeah, she left Radley Run, and she's got a uh, she's got a company. It's called uh, I'm gonna screw it up. Rackets something. Rackets okay. or tennis or some uh, addiction. I forget what it's called, but it's basically it's, it's she's doing camps all over the place. That's yeah, good for her. Awesome. Good for her. So. Well, I you know. Graham may hate me for saying this, but if anyone is at a tournament and they see Graham pick his brain, I there's a piece <laughs> of advice you gave me, and I, it's gonna, I, I'm hoping you talk about it in the next question um, that I use in my coaching all the time. Because so if anyone ever sees you at a <clears throat> tournament, they need to pick your brain. Because I, outside of like you, like you Parsons, Mansinger, like smartest paddle player out there. I got far. one. I got I got one for you, Graham. Do you ski? No, I've tried snowboarding twice and I was atrocious. Tall guy, bad balance. So, you know, they, they Plus got it had some, the wrist and wouldn't be able to play paddle. Come they've on. got some courts now out in, uh, in Aspen that uh, it's in a, it's in a hotel resort area and they just put awesome. them up and they are encouraging people to come out and have their own camps out there. So if you, if you wanted to have a camp out in Aspen, Graham, you could be that traveling instructor and, you know, I got to reach out to Charlotte and then we'll be good to go. There you go. Go out to uh, Ian Hintz is, uh, is running that. Yeah. So you can reach is out he really? to him. And, yeah, yeah good absolutely. For him. It's, it's awesome. in Glenwood, Colorado, I think. So there you go. There's nice. your, your, your spring break event right there. So you're running a paddle camp. All right. <laughs> if there is one piece of advice you could give to your kind of average club paddle player, what would it be? Yeah, I just did camp. So this one's fresh in my mind, too. And it's, it ties right off the Gambino point. Your average- Wait, real quick. You just said you did. You just did camp. Just a couple weeks of camps in Pittsburgh. Just helped out with some oh, of the ones at the park. Awesome. At the rack That's club. great. They're very lucky to have had you. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I hope they feel similarly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my one piece of advice, and it goes right off the Gambino thing, is, and you hear a lot of like Fisher will mention it on the broadcast or stuff like that. But my number one piece of advice is you don't have to be good at everything. You only have to be good at a few things and just be as good at those things as you can be. So a lot of people play a reactive style of paddle. It's, oh, mm-hmm. I'll hit a forehand. I'll hit a backhand. Oh, the ball's here. I'm going to hit this now. But paddle, the court's so small, you don't have time to improvise. Unless you're Juan and Johan or Steve DeRose, my hero. Um, oh, yeah. He's actually, with my, he's my favorite. You haven't asked me who's my favorite player, but it's Steve DeRose. But I, we, don't, we don't have three hours, so I'll cut Oh, no, we can, we can talk about Steve. He's amazing. Uh, he's the best. But I think most people are too reactive when they play. They don't anticipate well enough, and they don't, they, they're too eager to just accept what their opponents give them in terms of, oh, I'll hit a forehand because it's here, or I'll hit a backhand, where, like, the top players, like, if you think of Gambino, they're very picky, or Drew. They're very, mm-hmm. very, very selective. It's, I'm really good at this. I'm not that good at this, so I'm only going to do what I'm good at. And the next step is my opponents are really good at that and they're not as good as that. So I won't let them do the thing they're good at as many times as possible. And then I'll let them only do the things they're bad at. So that's the number one thing. Like if you're out there and you're playing and you're like D3 or D4 and you're trying to work on a forehand and a backhand and a cut overhead, 
focus on what you're really good at and what you have a natural affinity for, like you have a really good point or a backhand. Focus on hitting that shot as many times as possible and cut all the fat. And then next summer, come back if you want to try to hit a backhand. And then you'll eventually come to accept like everyone else that you just don't have it and you can drop it. And then you can go back to just sitting forehand. So do what you're good at, not what you're bad at. You think that's why uh, like Broderick Palmer was so good? Like yeah, yeah. Palmer would never play. And then he's, he, he wouldn't try and reinvent himself. He, he knew what he was great at, right? He's also an alien, Jared Palmer. But, but besides, besides being, but you're right. He would hit every ball to the middle of the court, all of his lobs to the middle. He had a great forehand. He mm-hmm. didn't do anything fancy with his backhand. He'd lob it or he'd just kind of chip it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then he'd just make volleys. How many overhead winners did Jared Palmer hit in his life? Like nine. Like, But he didn't, do, didn't need to do anything more. So that's obviously like there's a correlation between Palmer and Gambino in terms of what Drew's looking for a little bit in a partner. Like guys who make really smart decisions, who grind, who have one or two elite skills. So in both Jared and Gambino, elite forehand, elite volleys, and everything else, they will not miss. They refuse to miss. So I think that's the, the best tip is just do what you're good at and not what you're bad at, which sounds easy, but it's, it's really hard to do. I love that. Noah, did you listen to that? <laughs> what? <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, so, so let me ask you a follow-up on that. So yeah. if that's your mindset and, you know, whatever, let, let's, let's say your forehand and volleys are good, right? So would you, uh, along those lines, would you try to set that up so that your opponents are giving you those purposely or just be cognizant of waiting for those and taking those when you have the chance and everything else you're just getting back in play? You definitely want to be able to, and that's a step that a lot of players don't get to because there's a natural flow to paddle. You guys are top level players. You get it. There's a natural flow when you get in a rhythm and you're hitting good lobs and you're moving. I think you definitely have to be proactive, not reactive in terms of if you're looking, say you're an ad player and you like your forehand, if you stay in your home base and you just wait there and you're never going to get a great ball to do anything with, you got to be able to do that lob, um, like do that lob high cross court, shift to the side screen, turn your shoulders and go. So I would definitely say that the first step is like, if you think of levels, inter- beginner, intermediate, advanced, first step is be able to identify what your strengths are and look for them. Second step is be able to ident- know what they are and then learn how to get your opponents to give them. And then the third step is do it for your team, not just you. And that's the step I don't think a lot of people get to is like, when I'm thinking of paddle, it's me and Compton. So everyone's, we're one player, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. we have strengths as a team, we have weaknesses. So I could hit this ball or I could make this ball, make them hit it to Compton. Like, okay, options, easy answer, make them hit it to Compton. So, yeah. And then, so once you get on the same rhythm as your partner, where it's like, he knows what I'm trying to do to make them give particular shots that then he could take advantage of. And that's why when average players see top level players play, they're like, wow, how are they? It's so fluid. It's so fast. Like they're anticipating. It's like, that's because we know exactly like Brian and I, when we first started playing together, where do you like to hit your backhand from? Where do you like to hit your forehand from? Okay. I need to learn how to lob to get that shot for you. So that's, again, it sounds easy, but it takes a long time to get there. But yeah, definitely be proactive to cert- determine what your strengths are and how you could get the, how you could hit them as many times a match. Cause it's, it's more fun if you're hitting your best shots and winning. Right. Well, I, I got to tell you, I think the best example I've ever seen of that was it. I think it was the semis of charities last year, you and Compton mm-hmm. against, was it Mick and Sven? That was the quarters. Yeah. Was that the court? I'm sorry. Um, I don't think you hit like you. I, I, I remember I- you saying <laughs> to me, you're like, I think they might work out in a minute to hit it to me, but like Compton didn't, you guys, 
managed to get that ball to keep going to Compton. I don't think he missed the ball for half an hour. Yeah, he's like, got he a swing him for the fences too. It was unbelievable. That was one of the craziest things I've ever seen on a paddle court in terms of like just shot making and like being just complete green light. Like it was like a 45 minute heat check and he just never, you know what I mean? It was just like NBA hot. And like you're just draining threes <laughs> in a row. Um, yeah. And I think that people struggle because like, I think that's what makes matchups really difficult is sometimes you do something really well that like hurts your opponent. They have to play into your strengths. And for whatever reason, just that match in particular, the way they wanted to play with Sven taking more overheads or doing this, because I was just doing nothing. So they're like, well, we don't just want to let Graham do nothing. So they were trying to create something and Compton happens to have an unworldly backhand. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, listen, I love nothing more than sitting there and telling my opponent great or telling my partner, great shot. And they're like shaking hands at the end of that. Like I will, I'll be an observer all day if I have to. I, it, it doesn't say on the, on the, on the scorecard, right? Six, four, six, four oh. Graham did nothing though. Right. Like you still Absolutely get the credit not. for the win. Exactly. I'm a good, I'm a good part, a good partner. That's what I pride myself on. No matter who I play with. Like if you watch me play, like, let's say I had to play one round, let's say it's like a team event, one round with Compton and one round with Araya back to back. I would play those entirely differently. One match I'm playing the do side with Juan or the ad side with Juan. And I'm taking ad side at the baseline, do side at the net. So I'm taking no overheads and I have to be a little bit more aggressive with my forehand and my movement. The next match I play with Compton, I'm on the deuce side of the baseline being a lob and blitz bot. And then at the net, I'm taking every single overhead. So I'm really just trying to make sure that I can best fill in the gaps for, as a team, what my partner and I are good at. And that's where, when you get great teams, you get people who fill each other's, they, you know, aid each other's weaknesses and then boost up their strengths. And that's what I pride myself on being the best at. Well, I think we could talk about this for hours because there's two two other things I wanted to touch on you real quick about mm-hmm. the uh, like you know how to play for advice for club players because I think yeah. this is so interesting for them. I was ta- we were talking one other time and I was like you know we were talking about game plans and you're like I've got two game plans I've got game plan A mm-hmm. and then if that stops working I go to game plan B. Yep. Like it's not you haven't got a thousand different plays you guys are going with you keep it really really simple right yeah please yeah no it's i think the key with that is you you don't want to get you don't want to feel like you're adjusting on the fly too much (laughs) it's like if someone has a good return you never want to feel like you're trying to hit a better serve or you're kept trying different things it's like no have your best strategy and then if that's not working have a backup and get more comfortable like a more comfortable place where you're not losing a lot of points so i think with paddle that one of the things is strategy wise people have strengths and they have weaknesses and if if you match up well with your opponents, then you can play to your strengths and you can play your style. But sometimes like when we play against a Johan, his returns are better than our serves. So, and like their ground search are so good that you have to be able to fall back on and kind of play from the baseline and go to that plan B. So once you kind of learn that rhythm and that flow of paddle points, then it's just a small tweaks here and there, because at the end of the day, you still have your same strengths and weaknesses. And so do your opponents. So you don't have to change everything. It's just maybe this is a serve and stay back, or maybe it's an eye. And maybe in this particular overhead, I can't hit it this match. I have to hit this overhead. So it's it's not wholesale changes. You are who you are as a player. So I'm not tell, I'm not advising anybody to go work on a new, crazy new shot or do something brand new. It's just make small tweaks to minimize your opponent's strengths and maximize yours. And that's really as simple as I can put it, but obviously in practice, a little more complex. To me, that that was that was so simple. And I was like, oh, oh that's that's genius. 
But <laughs> so similar, and I will say I've got one other thing. It was uh, Tyler Tyler uh, Owens and I were playing at um, Midwesterns last year, and I think we mm-hmm. I think we got, we got beat up by Philippe Rams, and like the, oh, it was like the You're round the of first. six. Yeah, right. God, that guy's good. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, he's gonna win a nationals, right? He has to. I would as long as he sticks with it. He, he's got the talent. There's no doubt. But I, yeah, like he needs someone like like a you or a you know. A, Ooh, I'm not gonna besmirch Mike Wagner oh anyway. Well, Mike <laughs> Wagner is oh very boy. good, right? Yeah, like, no, but Mike, no, I Philippe, think Philippe, he's so talented, right? No, yeah, Philippe's got every shot. I think he's got to go through the same phase that like Johan did, where it's like I have every shot, but I don't have to use them all the time. That's yeah. everyone has to have that moment yeah. at some point in their career, unless you're Juan, and then you just be Juan, and yeah, you you just you're just doing crazy stuff the whole time. But yeah, it's just a matter of like. Hey, I'm really great at these things, but I don't have to be great to win a match. Where right now, I think Philippe has to play great to win that match. Um, where he'll he'll learn how to win easier, if that makes sense. Yeah, and Just he's like the most relaxed player on the court. Like, eh, whatever, we're good. Out, outwardly, he's relaxed. Yes. Inwardly, yeah. I think Wagner might be the most relaxed player I've ever seen on a court. Really? Okay. He's the nicest paddle player I've ever seen in the world. Like, he's never been mean. He's never been. Angry. Oh, he's, he's yeah, super. He's nice just very guy. relaxed. He's just he's very well adjusted. <laughs> so he's a he's a great great partner. But Philippe, I would definitely bet on the over 0.5 nationals. Sure. All right. So yeah. So after after Philippe gave us a beating, um, we uh, Tyler and I were talking to you, and we're like, you know, we're just picking your brain. We're like, one piece of advice. He goes, and you said, we we hit some ill-advised drives. You're like, wait until you get an A plus drive. If yeah. if it's not an A plus drive, don't hit it. And I gotta tell you, I use that with with my clients all the time. I go, it's, it's the simplest thing, yeah. but it, it 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 resonated. It was so smart. Just keeping it simple, especially when you're playing guys better than you, which I'm sorry if this is news, ben, oh, but Philippe God and Mike are seriously? Slightly. Yeah. P- I'm just bit. going strictly off of PTI. No, yeah, I, I test, I don't know. But yeah, if you're playing people better than you, especially they want to get the match over with. Like they want to try to beat right. you. So you mm-hmm. just got to hang and be very picky because if you play your B game into someone better than you and they're playing their B game, you lose. So you, you have to play up, play smart, solid, be very picky on what you're going for because the better team often is going to press because they're like, you're yeah. worried about your tournament is that match, right? You're trying, yeah. if you win, huge. Their tournament is I have to be ready for the semi and then I have to be ready for the final. And then, yep. so just grind, calm down, keep things very simple and know when you step on the court, I'm hitting this shot and I'm not hitting this shot because I don't need to. I'm going to get plenty of looks at your best shot. That I hope everyone listens to you on that because that is uh, I, I, all three of those points. I think if, if, you know, they need to come to a paddle camp that you're doing. Well, I got to hey, do more. I got to quit my five day to job 10 first. grand ahead. That's all you got to charge. <laughs> yes, right. All right. And I quit my day job right now. There okay. we go. Done. Uh-huh. Let's do it in Aspen. Uh, I, I have I have a topic for you guys that you guys should do at some point. Ooh. I was just thinking of today, random like topics when you're talking about build the best player. And I don't know if you guys have done this, so I apologize. It might be showing my ignorance. At some point, you should do a listen. comparison, not not 100%. You should do a comparison between paddle players and like their professional counterpart in any sport. Like who, what player, what is their player comp into a sport? So I'll give you an example for the two ones that I think are almost 100% accurate in terms of who they are. I think Johan Durant is LeBron James in NBA in the same way that he started off with like an Albrecht versus a Cleveland. He's won four, but he's been in seven finals. And then he went to the dream team, Miami with um, Parsons. And then he came back to the Lakers with 
like Mitchell, I think there's like really good Durant to LeBron compared, like comp thing. And then the, the counterpoint to that would be like, I think Broderick is Tim Duncan, like Mr. Fundamental, <laughs> like just really solid, does it all properly, can beat LeBron and the Heat even going head to head just due to solid play and like team composition and stuff like that. So I would be curious. I haven't thought about it deeper than that. That's it. Oh, I like Those that. All right. I, I, next I time it. we have you on, we're going to build the ultimate paddle player and we're going to do that. That's I, it. I, the entire I got show. it, Ben. Ben, I can be the team's assistant athletic uh, trainer. That would, be, <laughs> that, that would be my comp. You got to find a name of one that you can I, compare yeah, yourself yeah, to. Yeah, a nameless, any, faceless. Any sport, I think you could probably get some really funny ones of like a Jirani is, or somebody is, oh. or who's the <laughs> curios of paddle or who's the, you know, whoever these characters are, you, you can even get some soccer players in there. So I think it's curious of paddle, huh? Yeah. It'd, it'd almost be like a wand, right? It'd almost be. I see it. First, first name that came to me, he's in Louisville now. <laughs> he might try and hit me with a forehand. If I, if I actually said his, Oh, is that Baxter? Is he in yeah. The- oh. yeah. <laughs> I will you never say know. He, he might not want to be there. And he, he might be off the court in about 15 minutes. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, I fun like game this for game. you guys to think about. Yeah. I like this game. We got to have you back on. Uh, <laughs> last question. It's a deep one. Favorite yeah. swear word. Favorite swear word. Yes. Hmm. Like looking at my wife to try to think of something. You're pretty. Prob- you're pretty deep into the English culture, so you should be good at this. No, it's probably just fuck. I could like say oh, anything good. else. Like yep. I could try to use some slang, but it's probably just in, in particular in a paddle mindset for sure. It's usually just. Fuck you. Idiot. That's fair enough. My go-to is fuck you idiot. Every time I miss a forehand <laughs> in the net for the ninth time, like I've done it for my entire career. And every time I hit a forehand, I'm like, this is going to be the one. And then it goes in the top of the net. And then I'm like, fuck, you're an idiot. Like, why did you expect anything different to happen? Wait, wait So that's a good question. Like, do you do the negative self-talk? Everyone always says you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, I try not to. That's a very good point. <laughs> I think if I did, I, I tend to kind of go the, I kind of, balance out so if like my partner's really positive like if i'm playing with like a, a compton or a wagner or like a modic i tend to be a little bit more negative but when i play with like a one i tend to be very like don't mm. he's hard enough on himself already i don't need to be so i think i'm all un, i think i'm subconsciously balancing myself out to whatever my partner and i are at so we're just at a nice calm calm medium that's awesome so, well hey should we uh, should we get Graham out of here? We've got to have him on again, so. though. I want to I want to build the ultimate paddle player, and then I'm going to come up with a list of players, and we try and I'll talk to you before we go on air, so you, we can start building uh, their counterparts. Yeah, I'll have to do some homework for that one. I'll put some thought into it. The Jirani one is interesting. Yeah, I feel like there's got to be a good one. one. There's got to be a good Jirani because we used to do like the who's the Chicago equivalent in Connecticut. Mm. You know, like Noble and Raleigh in my mind were always Levinat. Carl and Faisal, like in a draw, it's like, where are Noble and Raleigh? Where are Carl and Faisal? Idea, like they're the equivalent of each other. Like, so I think for, you could even take it further in terms of like professional comps, but a fun, right. fun thought in a hut. That's awesome. All right. Well, next time we have you on, let's do that. Perfect. All right. Well, let's get you out of here on a Sunday. Graham, we, uh, we appreciate your time and uh, you congratulations on the, uh, the wedded bliss you have entered now. If you say so, thank you. <laughs> says, says the divorced guy. Uh, no, congrat, congratulations. That's awesome, buddy. And uh, we'll see. We'll see you in Jersey at the see you this weekend. Uh, next weekend. See you guys in Montclair. Absolutely. Right. Thanks, Graham. Right. See ya. Take care. Thank you so much for listening inside the wires. I feel like we have started the season hot this year. We had uh, Mike Rowley last week, and we've had Graham McNerney this week, and. Uh, 
to future guests. The bar has been set. You need to bring it. These guys have been awesome. So thank you so much to Graham McNeeny and best of luck to him and partner Wanaraya at the Montclair tournament this coming weekend. Uh, check it out on the live stream. I'm sure you'll see them. You won't. You probably won't see Noah and I um, no. on the live stream, but unless we run can... across the screen naked, it's <laughs> the only chance of getting on live stream. And <laughs> please turn your screen off if that does happen. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much to Graham. Best of luck to him, and we will have him on again soon to uh, to build the ultimate paddle player and their uh, other sporting equivalents. Because I think that's really interesting. So we'll uh, we'll have him on soon. Thank you so much for listening, and we are out of here.